Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. This week's a special edition of the podcast. Uh, Amy is on vacation and I am headed to the funeral for our Baptist Press and Espanol editor, Lucinda Clark. Lucinda has served with us the past few years and has been battling cancer off and on over the past decade and this week passed away from her battle with liver cancer. So I am headed to Little Rock, Arkansas today as uh, we're dropping this and uh, her funeral is tomorrow. So uh, be in prayer for the family of Lucinda Clark, as well as the Baptist Prep family in Little Rock. Lucinda was a Spanish teacher at Baptist Prep and uh, just a delightful woman, left a, an incredible testimony of devotion and service to the Lord, and we will miss her greatly. Um, talked to her just in the last couple of months, just a couple of times, and uh, knew she was struggling uh, with the cancer and what it was doing to her body. Uh, but her joy was still there. Her love for the Lord was still there, and she will be greatly missed. Uh, not a lot of news this week, but did want to just pop in to let you know uh, what's going on in the SBC as it relates to that. But we also want to provide a little bit of audio for you this week, a discussion that was had back at the cooperative program stage on healthy ministry collaboration between seasoned and emerging leaders. Uh, this was held during the annual meeting in the CP stage area of the exhibit hall. It features Charles Grant, the Associate Vice President for Black Church Relations here at the SBC Executive Committee, and he had a panel discussion on ministry collaboration between seasoned and emerging pastors. You'll hear more about that, and the panelists uh, include Brian Kennedy, Eric Cummings, Nate Bishop Jr., and Chip Luter. So I'm going to let Charles take it away, and Amy and I will see you next week. Hello and welcome to our conversation on healthy ministry collaboration between seasoned and emerging pastors. This conversation is about establishing healthy collaboration so we can have healthy churches that advance the gospel of Jesus Christ and healthy churches that multiply ministries and missions. On our panel, I have with me today, Pastor Brian Kennedy, Senior Pastor of Mount Zion Baptist Church, Ontario, California. And next to him, I have Pastor Eric Cummings, Senior Pastor of New Life Baptist Church, Miami Gardens, Florida. And then we have Pastor Nate Bishop, Jr. He is the Senior Pastor of Forest Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. And finally, we have Pastor Chip Luter, who is the senior pastor, uh, senior associate pastor of Franklin Avenue Baptist Church in New Orleans, Louisiana. I want to jump right into this conversation today. So I want to begin by just setting a little background In scripture. We can see some contrast between healthy and unhealthy ministry collaboration. In 1 Samuel, David was anointed the future king of Israel and was willing to wait until his appointed time. By contrast, in Mark chapter 10, verse 37, James and John, disciple, disciples of Jesus, requested that one sit on his right and left side in glory. And in 1 Samuel, King Saul tormented, tried to kill, and refused to mentor David, 
while in first and second Timothy, Paul mentors young Timothy for his future pastorate. I want to begin with Pastor Kennedy. In your mind, what are some of the causes of unhealthy ministry collaboration between seasoned and emerging pastors? Great question. Uh, you know, notice each one of those men that you mentioned or were all called by God. Yes. And sometimes when we miss our critical statements, when we don't live out our purpose, our mission, our vision, and our core values, the core values in particular, because they're the wind beneath our wings. Yes. They determine what we do, where we do it, why we do it, and how we do it. Mm. And so when you forget those critical statements that are governed by the word of God, mm. it's easy to get mixed up. It's easy to create a lot of chaos in the leadership lineup mm -hmm. where God wants us really to raise up leaders so that we can what? Have more leaders. And so, and then sometimes seasoned leaders don't have their retirement in place. And so that dying the pulpit mentality really is about survival. Mm, and so churches can, uh, when churches see that, then we allocate money for them, bring in a new pastor, and we can really help that church transition more effectively. Mm, it all begins with alignment of those critical statements according to scripture. That's Hi. good. Pastor Nate, did you have something you'd like to add to that? Yeah, I wanted to piggyback on what Pastor just said about purpose. Because when you're thinking about your purpose, having a clear sense of your identity uh, uh, corresponds directly with your purpose. If I understand, uh, I, I am the person that God has called me for this season, but he can move me in another season because my identity, I belong to him. Yes. So when I have that clear sense of identity, I, 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 I'm less likely to be fearful. Yes. When I have that clear sense of identity, I'm less likely to be jealous, to be prideful. Uh, but then also when I have that clear sense of identity, especially for an emerging leader, I can have that patience and waiting, uh, waiting for God's timing to move in where he wants me to be instead of trying to rush that and get ahead of God. All right. That's good. So having a clear sense of our identity in Christ is very critical to this issue of beginning healthy collaboration. Well, let me ask also uh, or set the stage for this next question. Seasoned pastors face occasional discouragements while mentoring emerging pastors. Members may gravitate towards a younger leader. A church may hire away the emerging pastor or the emerging pastor gets impatient and leaves or God calls him to leave and or the seasoned pastor commissions him to leave. Pastor Cummins, I'd like you to start on this. How, how can a healthy relationship be maintained as you train emerging pastors? Well, I think everything rises and falls on communication. I think uh, a seasoned pastor and emerging pastor have to have literally be joined at the hip. They should meet at least once a week. And in that meeting, three key things should take place. Every time they meet, there ought to be a time of encouragement. Uh, that emerging pastor needs to see their pastor, hear their pastor, articulate 
and give clarity and confirmation to the voice of God of what he's saying to them in that season. Uh, there ought to be direction in that time in which they come together, which they lay out the plan. How are we going to fulfill this mission? This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to walk this process together. And then thirdly, there has to be a time of challenge. And that is simply, this is the expectation we have of each other, that we can be accountable to each other in that because the encouragement provides the fuel for that relationship. Mm. Direction provides, if you will, the map, but then the challenge is the target or the goal that allows them to continue to walk together and then not getting that element of feeling like one may get more shine than the other because all of our values, all of our plans, all of our goals have to be reassessed and there has to be a shift in thinking. Wow. It's a new season for the ministry as well as a new season for the seasoned pastor and the emerging pastor. Wow, that's Amen. great. Amen. Encouragement, direction, challenge. Those are keys to communication that helps with collaboration. Pastor Chip, would you like to add anything? Uh, yeah, uh, one of those things that uh, Eric uh, mentioned uh, is something that he actually encouraged me. Uh, Eric is pastoring the church that his dad uh, used to pastor, and I'm a senior associate pastor. Um, the only one on the stage, by the way, so I'm special. Uh, <laughs> so, but, uh, but I'm a senior associate pastor today because I'm set up for succession planning to be the future senior pastor of the church. And it was even his encouragement to say, Chip, there ought to be a couple of times you and your dad meet, uh, one time you need to meet during the week, just as a pastor to pastor, talk to church business. And then there'd be another time just as father and son. And so our time, uh, pastor to pastor is, uh, Monday mornings at 9am. And uh, that is clearly things that are, that have been going on for us to communicate and how things are going with the church. We usually debrief about some past stuff that happened, how did service go or how did this past event go and then have some discussion things along the way. Uh, and I would say to maintain that healthy relationship as we've been seeing it uh, with us is uh, one that's got even, there's got to be a desire to grow together. Um, I think one of the challenges for seasoned and emerging leaders is um, if you have one or the other who only has the desire, it's going to get frustrating mm. because either you got a seasoned leader that's trying and the emerging leader doesn't want to, and that's mm. frustrating the seasoned leader, or you have the emerging person that wants to, but the seasoned leader's not making time for them. So it's got to be a mutual desire to want to grow together. But then I'd also say that we got to resist pride. Um, the minute we can resist pride, we can also release insecurity. Uh, because we know that it's God's church. It's God's kingdom. Uh, there's nobody that, um, that had, that's bigger than him. And so if we're all on the same team, we got to resist that pride and release that insecurity, uh, which will then open a pathway. So you can clearly communicate expectations and the vision and where we're going with this, because we know that we're trying to do this with, uh, with one another and, and be better together. Wow. Very good. Thank you, Chip. Those are wise words from experience. Thank you. Second Timothy chapter two, verse two gives us clear instructions to pour into the other men who will in turn pour into other men. When a seasoned pastor honors God by commissioning and sending out a new pastor, a huge void can be left in the church. How do you apply this when we look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, towards solving this void? When the new pastor leaves the church, let me start with Pastor Kennedy. The the call in that passage is for us to constantly disciple leaders so that we have a deep bench. Like when you go to the World Series, the teams that go, they have a deep bench. Yes. They have a slew of past mm. preach, um, pitchers who can come up 
and save the day. Oh, yes. And so that's what we have to do. Uh, bullpen, thank you. And uh, that's what we have to do. And and we got to have a deep bench for injuries because it's late in the season. Mm. All right. And so um, we have to have an ongoing discipleship process so that when one leader is sent somewhere, when we plant church, we've planted four churches and that's left voids. But we've had God has blessed us to have leaders to step in uh, so that the work does not miss a beat. That's and good. so there is no de- there's no dependency on people. It's a dependency on God to identify those faithful men who will be able to pour into other men and make them faithful. So all of these disciples, all these pastors we planted, they're discipling other pastors. Right. That keeps that leadership pipeline going. You have to have a leadership pipeline. That's good. That's good. Anyone else want to? Well, I, I think there's a process that has to take place where we're constantly mobilizing young leaders, mm-hmm. building that bench, building that pipeline, because then you bring stability to that and then you can mobilize and then futurize Amen. the church That's to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's good. Excellent. So a leadership pipeline is definitely the key to all this and constantly making disciples. I sometimes hear pastors say there's a huge shortage in emerging pastors and leaders. And this is for a different reason. Some some would even uh, suggest the younger generation does not seem to view the church as essential, which further contributes to this shortage. How can seasoned and emerging pastors work together? to restore a proper view of the church for generations to come? Well, um, I would say um, there's got to be some things that are in common. And when I think about things that, that should be shared and should be uh, in common with everyone, um, all of us have a common connection. There should be a common connection between seasoned and emerging leaders. And that common connection can come out in a few ways. One, it's our struggles. Uh, all of us have some type of struggle that we deal with in life. And when seasoned leaders open up about theirs and emerging, emerging leaders open up about theirs, then you build that common connection. I mean, we both have our share of struggles. One of the things I even remember from the pandemic uh, days that really drew me and my dad closer together, even though we were apart, was that while I was in Tampa, Florida, figuring out uh, figuring out preaching to an empty room, he was in New Orleans. And so we talked almost like every Saturday night as we get in the sermon prepared and uh, saying, man, Papa, what you going to do tomorrow? And how are you going to talk into this camera? And so we had a shared struggle about, man, adjusting to this new way of ministry for that time. Uh, but then not only your struggles, but we also have joys. There's things we love. There's things that excite us. Mm-hmm. And we ought to share those things and see how much we have in common. Uh, but then there's also needs. There's something our seasoned leaders are looking for. They need something. They need help with something. Uh, and there are same thing. The emerging leaders have the same thing. Uh, but there's got to be a common connection. But then there's also got to be that common mission. What's the unifying mission? The mission of the church, the vision of what God's doing with it. Uh, because if you think about why the church exists, who are we called to reach? What do we celebrate together as ministry wins? Uh, that's a common mission that we're all in together. Uh, but then also I would say there's also got to be a common affection. Uh, matter, matter of fact, uh, Philippians 1, 7, Paul tells the, the church at Philippi, indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you because I have you in my heart mm-hmm. and you are all partners with me in in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel. Mm-hmm. There's got to be this mutual love and respect 
that happens with seasoned and emerging leaders uh, because that will continue to help us grow. And the last thing I would just say, the, and maybe one of the biggest, is a common grace. Uh, we need a lot of patience in the process with one another. Uh, I can be honest, as far as me, uh, I, I'm one that I will see something and I want change and I want to change it today. Uh, but I've got to learn so much patience. And, uh, then, and I, but I think we have that for seasoned and emerging leaders. Patience with your emerging leaders, patience with your seasoned leaders, knowing that we're not perfect, neither of us are, and that none of us know it all. That's one challenge that I know that we got to continue to overcome in our churches is that there's always a generation that thinks they know it all. Mm -hmm. and But if we look at the scriptures, we don't all, none of us know it all. We all have to go at the feet That's of Jesus right. and get wisdom from him. Mm. And I think just those common things, the connection, the common mission, affection, and that common grace, mm. it would just continue to help us work together to have that proper view of generations. Mm. Thank you. Some uh, very insightful points Amen. there. Uh, Amen. That those common points is what bring pastors, seasoned and emerging pastors together for making the church essential for generations yet was there any yeah. yes you know when paul identified timothy that was after he and barnabas had their separation yeah. and so it really teaches us we need to season leaders need to be intentional mm, and looking good. for emerging leaders we need to pour into speak into your lives we see your potential because we were there we see you talk a lot you got energy. We see who you are and we need to just allow you to speak, hear you, understand you, and then speak into your life and give clear direction. Like S.M. Lockridge did to me. He said, your first calling is to go is a, is the preparation. You need to go to seminary. This season guy guided me to seminary. And that's what we need to that's do. Good. We need to speak into emerging leaders lives. Mm. Well, it's, it's the track analogy. Uh, a lot of seasoned pastors have run great races. Yeah. But in a relay race, you have a 20 meter exchange zone. Yes. And we don't always make good exchanges. Mm. You can run a good race, but if you botch the exchange. Right. It, it does not glorify God in the way he wants to be glorified. Mm. That's good. And so we have to be intentional about those relationships right. and seeing in that next generation it may not look the same, may not sound the same. Mm -hmm. uh, the approach may be totally different, but the message is what we need to focus on wow. and make sure that we have smooth transitions and smooth exchanges. Mm, excellent. Hearing some of this conversations makes me think about uh, like two S's, the, the seeking out and the showing up mm -hmm. as the as the uh, seasoned pastor is seeking out those relationships. Uh, a lot of them as a result of the overflow of their personal discipleship. But seeking out those relationships and then for the emerging leader to show up, to show up and listen, to show up and serve, to show up for those uh, uh, in, in our busy worlds that that we're always moving. Some, sometimes we have to slow down to just show up mm -hmm. to receive that. Thank you. This is a great additional follow up for restoring a proper view of the church for generations to come. I want to move to this final question. Uh, while we all know. There are breakdowns in healthy ministry collaborations. There have also been some wins. What are some victories that we can celebrate with you about healthy ministry collaborations between seasoned and emerging pastors? And Pastor Nate, I'd like to start with you. Yeah, I've been tremendously blessed. When I came in, 
to the role of lead pastor of Forest Baptist Church in, in Louisville, uh, I was able to come into a, a community where there was a group of uh, seasoned pastors who were already meeting, collaborating around community needs, uh, the Newburgh Ministerial Alliance, and showing up on Saturday mornings and hearing their hearts and hearing uh, the, the heartbeat of the community and them, them being able to pour into me to, so I can address the needs of our particular congregation in that particular context well. So uh, that, that was a big win there. But then also, uh, as of late, there's an older pastor who has been working with the Community Sanctuary Project to target to do something for the gun violence that's taking place in Louisville. Mm. And he, he, he connected with me and began to tell me what he's working on and, and then the needs. But then he drew me in into this relationship, this partnership mm. where we're not just talking about the gun violence and trying to do something about that but now we're meeting regularly we're having lunch he called me this morning was checking on me to mm. and, and, let, and to let him know it. as soon as as soon as you get back let's let's have lunch and debrief wow. over uh, about what's been going on so mm-hmm. those are some tremendous victories so uh if i was to say one thing is we can col- uh, collaborate around our community and that can that can lead to a lot of victories wow that's a victory to celebrate. Thanks for sharing. That's it. it. I, I think one of the things is that in our region, we have a pipeline that has been established. So it is a lot of the seasoned pastors kind of getting with emerging pastors and walking through just fundamentals, you know, fundamentals of ministry, uh, different experiences, different opportunities, mm-hmm. exposing guys to things that you'll never get in a seminary textbook with yeah. the actual real life practical stuff that happens. Mm. on the mission field for lack of a better term that's great that certainly accelerates the preparation for the emerging leaders that's great you know we have to learn how to give back so i've had wonderful pastors all of my pastors have been wonderful pastors and they've poured into me and made me who i am today so i have to give that to younger pastors so at this point in my life I use my influence to help emerging pastors, to put them in other churches. And so we put one pastor in a church that needed to be revitalized. We got a bench, no problem. We send him out and he has turned that church around through the grace of God. And so now he knows he has to pour into someone else. And so it's a, we are here today because the disciples of Jesus they were poured into by Jesus. Right. And then they poured into somebody else. Mm. And after over 2,000 years, here we are. That's right. And we have to continue this process because Jesus modeled something superior. Mm-hmm. We don't ever have to update what Jesus did. That's right. right. Amen. We don't ever have to worry about Jesus modeling something inferior. And if we just practice what he did, put our arms around people and love people, we will have victories just like in the early church. They went through 350 years of persecution. And here we are. They made it. it. And here we are. That's right. Hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) That's great. Well, Yes. I, I think I got, I just I got one win uh, and I actually mm-hmm. got to give credit to Eric again. I'll tell you, I'm, uh, I'm eventually going to write a book of all the stuff that Eric told me um, and just not give him credit for. It. But um, one win that's been recently, uh, you know, uh, we have a 9 a.m. service. Uh-huh. And um, when I first got back in 2021, uh, we were still doing registration only to attend church uh, during the midst of the pandemic. And because we were because in New Orleans, we were limited by 
a certain amount of people that can come into the service. Well, well, Easter happened and the minute registration went live Monday morning for people to register for Easter service, it sold out in less than an hour. And you had members that were like, oh, I'm not going to be able to go to church on Sunday and all that. So we opened up a second service that morning uh, to be able to accommodate more people to come to church. Right. And so we did an 11 a.m. service. Mm-hmm. And so my dad did the nine. And he asked me to do 11 a.m. service. And at that 11 a.m. service, I'm like, man, I see so many more young families here and all this. And so I thought maybe, hey, Pop, what do you think about maybe trying to add this? And at the time, he wasn't wanting to add it. So, uh, so uh, I asked uh, Eric, I said, man, I really want to try to reach for more people. I know 9 a.m. after this pandemic seems a little early for those who aren't early risers. And you're trying to get young kids together for church and still come to church smiling, you know, <laughs> at mm. 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. And so he, he said, well, what about a Saturday evening? What if you could start with a Saturday evening and then that could be part of your training as well? And, and really, uh, and we actually this coming Saturday will be our third time doing a Saturday evening service at five o'clock. Uh, the first one that we had had over 400 people come out. We had about 250 the second one. But as I told us, it's not so much the how many came out. It was the who that came out. Right. And the people that came out on these Saturday evenings were a lot of new engagement. Mm-hmm. People that hadn't visited the church before. There were some people that hadn't been back to church since the pandemic. And it gave us a chance. And uh, it also gave me a chance as I'm preaching a service and learning that I'm over the whole service. So how the worship goes and the preaching goes, how organizing it. So I'm learning that. But we've also been able to engage uh, new people to lead. Mm-hmm. The people that lead the worship on Saturday evening right. aren't leading on Sunday morning. So it's a new opportunity for them. Mm-hmm. Those who are doing ushers or those who are greeting or uh, connecting with people. Mm-hmm. I've got I'm, I'm trying to engage our younger or not our, our younger leaders who are not used to doing things on Sunday. Because right. if you serve on Sunday, you got to get there before 9 a.m. Right. You got to get there like 7, 30, 8 o'clock. So, sure. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, it's been a great win because people have been able to be involved in ministry. And I've been able to learn as well that mm-hmm. it ain't as easy as it looks. Right. And so praise Amen. God for that. Wow. That's wonderful. I want to thank each of you for sharing some wins uh, that have allowed us to celebrate with you. Uh, regarding healthy ministry collaboration between seasoned and emerging leaders. And this is the key for us to have healthy churches that will expand healthy ministries and missions and advance the kingdom of God. So thank I thank God for each of you for taking time out to be on this panel discussion. Uh, Pastor Kennedy, Pastor Cummings, Pastor Bishop Jr., Pastor Chip Luter. We thank each of you for participating in this conversation on healthy ministry collaborations between seasoned and emerging pastors. God bless you.